Calm down and listen to me. Nobody's saying you can't own a gun. Nobody's even saying you can't carry a gun. All we're saying is you can't carry a gun in town. That's not so bad, is it? I told you we weren't getting involved. You got us involved when you brought us here. You hold on a minute, Burge. Hold on nothing. I walk around this town and look these people in the eye, it's just like someone slapping me in the face. These people are afraid to walk down the street, and I'm trying to make money off that like some damn vulture. If we're gonna have a future in this town, it's gotta have some law and order. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Started with that uh, scene from Tombstone about some law and order because if we don't get some law and order, everybody's gonna be like the songs, like that opening song, Gone, Gone, Gone from Styx. Styx's new album from, I don't know, it's a new album, it's a year and a half, two years old now. But, uh, you know, it's gonna, everyone's gonna be gone, gone, gone from California. Maybe gone, gone, gone from, uh, I don't know. I'd hate to think of, uh, we have to change countries, but state state is not looking good if we don't uh, get a hold on this stuff, if we don't get, get some control here. But uh, we're going to talk about a lot of law and order and a lot of stuff that's going on in this country, and it just is just, ugh. I can't say enough, can't say enough about how, how you know, it's it just it just occurs to me that how much better our country would be if we could really, really, really make this happen and say you have to ha- you have to pass a test in order to vote for propositions. You have to um, you don't get to vote unless you take the time to educate yourself. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Everybody everybody has to take a test, or else you don't have to, or else you don't get to vote for the propositions. I think that a lot of people in California would feel better about that. I think a lot of people in California might even just say, hey, you know what? I just assume not have to have to study up on this stuff because it's so confusing. And can you imagine if you only had people that really were involved that would vote for the propositions? Hey, you know what? Because imagine all the money that they'd save not having to put out all those commercials to try and trick people into voting for things. Hey, let's put out a commercial that tells people to not vote for proposition six, which reduces the gas tax. Let's have some lawyers write this thing up. So it sounds like you're voting for potholes in the road. If you vote for proposition six, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. Um, it's amazing to me where our country's going. And it's amazing to me. The, the idiocy, the idiocy that, you know, you just got so many people that just don't understand how this country works. It's just, it's just, it's just ugly. And I think about, uh, I think about the, the, the talk about racism in this country. And I think about the reason that, um, the reason that we abolished racism had to do with, with the Bible and and God and how it uh, and how it um, uh, p- 
people are talking about racism and trying to push God out of our society. Anyway, I'm just, I could, I could go, I can go, I could go meander all day long, but I only have an hour to do my show and you guys want to hear some stuff that's going on. So let me get to what's going on. And, and before I do, in case you don't know who I am, my name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, soon to be branded as uh, another company called Summit Funding that'll come up uh, in two more weeks. Two more weeks, it'll come up the first of May, so a week and a half. So uh, if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing and you want to talk to somebody who, uh, who thinks like you do, Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get some information on any kind of financing uh, for buying, refinancing, reverse mortgage, any of that stuff, but you don't want to talk on the phone, go to WCCLoans.com, www.wcclons.com. Click on looking for a loan, click on uh, apply now, give me as much information as you want to give me and tell me how much information you want back and uh, you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Eric, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks or Randy Johnson and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Uh, if you hear something you want repeated on the show, you can hear get the podcast on edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. And uh, click on the podcast page. You'll hear this show as well as several past shows. And you can uh, download them and listen to them on demand. Also, you can get the podcast on iTunes or uh, SoundCloud. And you can uh, subscribe for free on there. Have them automatically download to your your, uh, your 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 iPhone or your iWatch or your iPad or your iPod or your mini pad or your maxi pad or your computer or your droid or whatever you listen to, uh, to uh, podcasts on and listen to them at whatever time is convenient for you. Um, if you want to uh, follow me on Twitter, it's at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. And the Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. Uh, lastly, if you hear something that, that stirs you and you want to tell me off or you want to give me an attaboy, the listener hotline, 855-640-2092. So let's talk about what's going on in this country. Um, a little trouble in paradise. Remember how the how the Democrats painted a picture of progressive paradise that, that they would enjoy once they retook the House and Nancy Pelosi was Speaker again. Well, thanks to loudmouth uh, congressional freshmen, you know who we're talking about, uh, that clearly isn't the case. Even the mainstream media is having a hard time pretending like everyone is honky-dory with uh, the House Democrats. Here's uh, Nancy Pelosi on 60 Minutes downplaying Leslie Stahl's question, Leslie Stahl, Stahl's questions about how she's handling the AOC and her posse. You have these wings, AOC and her group on one side. It's like five people. No, it's the progressive group. It's more than well, five. I'm a progressive. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's it's more than five people. I, I, I mean, there's there's about fifteen of them that are running for president, and they're just getting more and more stupid because they keep giving AOC and and her ilk the microphone and, and she's causing them to have to talk. And, and I can't believe that all these Democrats that are running for president really believe some of the stuff they're saying, you know, that we got to, we have to pass a green new deal and we have to do this. We have to do that. It's, it's, it's almost, it's almost stupid. It's almost insulting. You know what? Hey, if you're stupid enough to say this, 
you know, in uh, you know, Beto O'Rourke, well, we're going to tear the walls down. We don't want any walls. Amazing. Amazing. So uh, Leslie also stopped, asked Pelosi about the socialist Medicare for all plan that nearly every major 2020 candidate is sitting in the Senate is co-sponsoring with Bernie Sanders. Medicare for all. It's not only being pushed by some members of your caucus, but also some of the presidential candidates. Yeah. And it is allowing the president to say you're all socialists. Do you know that when we did when Medicare was done by the Congress at the time under Lyndon Johnson, Ronald Reagan said Medicare will lead us to a uh, socialist dictatorship. This is an ongoing theme of the Republicans. However, I do reject socialism as a economic system. If people have that view, that's their view. That is not the view of the Democratic Party. Well, all evidence to the contrary there, Nancy. And uh, you know what? If uh, if Ronald Reagan predicted that Medicare would lead to uh, to socialism, well, it's kind of coming true. You know, uh, Reagan said a lot of things that are kind of coming true. And the only thing that's the only thing that seems to be stopping them all from coming true is the fact that we elected Donald Trump, and he's the one who's uh, stepping out of the out of the main the mainstream political thing, and saying, "Hey, wait, 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 this doesn't make sense. We gotta stop doing things the way the way that we've been doing them because this is not where we want to be." And uh, but people don't like you know the the mainstream politicians don't like Donald Trump. So they have to, uh, they have to, they have to uh, whine and complain about every little thing he says. AOC may be the most annoying freshman in Congress, but Elon Omar is the most frightening. If you haven't heard her offensive comments on 9/11 yet, you're in for a treat. This was uh, at a luncheon for CARE, which is the Council on American Islamic Relations. Here's the truth: far too long we have lived with the discomfort of being a second-class citizen. And frankly, I'm tired of it. And every single Muslim in this country should be tired of it. CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. Well, some people did something is that some people did something? I mean, I know that maybe people her age don't really, don't really, I mean, I don't know how, how old she is. She looks like she's about 35. Um, so 15 years ago, she was a high school kid. So um, so maybe, maybe she didn't get the impact of it. But those of us that were old enough to be conscious of what was happening on 9-11, it wasn't just some people did something. And uh, and just so before I go, in, go into that, let me point out, hey, you know what? We lost our civil liberties, and all Muslims are are tired of that. And she's she's riling up, she's riling up Muslims to say, hey, we've had enough of this. Let's take over. Let's rise up and and get our get what we ha- get what we uh, have our rights to. You know what? People from other this is the whole immigration thing. People from other countries have different culture than we have. They have a different opinion of what's right and wrong. That's why we have people come in, come in from other countries and you see them break the laws because some of the things that we think are right are just the right thing to do. They don't understand that. It's not where they came from. And it used to be they'd come over to try to blend into our culture. Hey, I want to come over and be part of America and I'm going to learn English and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to be part of their culture. I want to blend into this. I want to be a part of this. 
But now, now today it's, it's, Hey, we don't want to offend anybody. We should respect their culture. Well, we, you know, America was created as a melting pot. Bring all your cultures, bring all your people, bring all your religions, and let's melt it all into one culture. You don't have to be like everybody else, but you have to be like, you have to respect everybody else. Now it's not, now it's not, now people come over here, they say, hey, respect me. I don't have to respect anybody else because this is my culture. Now let's get back to the, some people did something. In response, the New York Post made their cover showed a picture of the uh, of the Twin Towers in flames right after the, the picture that we've all seen as the second uh, plane hit the South Tower and the big explosion, the big old fire cloud around the South Tower. And it says, here's your something. 2,977 people dead by terrorism. And it says, uh, Representative Elon Omar, 9-11 was some people did something. President Trump tweeted out this little video. Um, let's see how it plays with just the audio. CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something. So you have no idea right, right oh, now? Oh, there's another one. Another plane just hit. <gasps> some people did something? Oh, my goodness. There is smoke pouring out of the Pentagon. Some people did something? It just flew straight into it. And if you watch the video while this is on, and, and you could probably find it easily on Twitter, um, or just or go or just Google it. Put a uh, uh, Trump's uh, Trump's tweet on 9/11. Um, the uh, when you when you hear after she says people did something, you see you see the uh, the the towers burning. You see the plane hitting the second tower. You see uh, you see people looking up and and just smoke. And if you can imagine some of the some of the pictures that we remember from seeing in uh, 18 years ago, almost 18 years ago, of people jumping jumping from a hundredth floor because they're going to burn alive, and they thought, hey, that you know, I'm going to jump out of the out of the building. That's going to be a, a more pleasant death than than uh, than burning alive. Or maybe there's a chance I'll live. Or maybe you know, if if you can remember the terror of that and because because a lot of people a lot of people today hear that and they go oh what's the big deal it is a big deal especially if you think you know some of your family members were there you know i have a i have a friend that was on on uh, flight 77 that you know every every year i think about and you know he was a uh, one one uh, one grade behind me we were in a uh, uh, chemistry class in in uh in my senior year he was a junior and uh, his name was Chris Newton, and uh, he was a, he was a cool guy. And when I saw his name on the list, and I go, and it said Chris Newton from Long Beach or Chris Newton from Cyprus, and I'm going, Chris Newton, I knew him. I wonder if it's the same guy. And I started googling it, googling it, or Yahooing it, or whatever it was back then in 2001. I don't know if Google was around at that time, but I was I was searching the internet for it, and when I found out, you know, it's it's you start thinking about somebody you know being in one of those planes or being in one of those one of those buildings and if you haven't been to ground zero and gone through the through the museum it's 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 a moving experience and and uh don and i were went to uh 
New York in 2002 for the first time, right after the one-year anniversary. And I'd never been to, to uh, New York City. And we we were uh, staying at the Holiday Inn Wall Street because we were uh, I was there for an arm wrestling tournament. And uh, my last arm, professional arm wrestling tournament I, I competed in back in 2002. And we were, we were I don't know, uh, half a mile from ground zero. And we went there, and it was still had letters from kids about their parents. Because right after the one-year anniversary, it was still letters from people in other countries. There were still, still posters up there with phone numbers on them and said, here, missing brother and sister. He worked on the 95th floor of the South Tower she worked on the 76th floor of the North Tower, last seen 9-11-2001, if you have information, because people didn't find ever find their, their loved ones. Maybe they found some little pieces of them, but, you know, they, they wanted to believe that, hey, maybe they maybe they got out and we and they just haven't called us. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And, and Don and I found ourselves, you know, in a, in a moving, a very moving uh, situation at that time. And, you know, we, we went there the first, mo- you know, we got there one evening and then we, we went there the first thing in the morning and looked at it. And then we went back to our hotel and then we went back and went back and then we went and did some, some other activities. We kept going back. We found ourselves at 1130 at night. Let's go to ground zero again and look at all the stuff. And you could just read, read that it's around a church that's right next to ground zero. And you could just wander there and there's music and lights and stuff going on and the people selling selling uh uh souvenirs and you know uh, memorabilia and stuff and it, it's just in playing playing sad songs and all that and i know they're trying to make money but it was just a very moving patriotic uh emotional experience and you know you could still smell it you could still you could still all the all the busted up busted up uh torn down torn down buildings and were there and it's just it was you know some people did something it's just not right it's just not right and for someone who's a muslim to say hey we need to stand up for our rights we need we need to feel like we felt on 912 every day and stand up for our country and stand up for the people that are here and uh as and as as always and as always, you know, I talk about how the the Democrats get together and they and they they say, hey, here's our word for this week. So we all say the same thing. They organize to make sure that they're all saying the same thing so that you got to make sure that every millennial out there that doesn't watch the news is hearing the same little clips on the Internet, hearing the same little things on the news because they only watch the they only watch the headlines. They don't watch the whole stories. They don't listen to all the stories. They don't read all the stories. They don't read newspapers. So they they just see the little five second blips and they want to make sure that they hear this, that. Trump, by sending out that tweet, is inciting violence. And that's the word for the week, inciting violence. So uh, in, the, in the true Democratic fashion, a bunch of them made sure that Elon Omar became the victim because of President Trump's tweet. Many are calling Trump's tweet and that video an incitement to violence against the Congresswoman. Donald Trump is trying to incite violence. But this is not just incitement to violence. This is an incitement Violence. The goal is inciting violence. We are getting to a level where, the, where this is an incitement of violence. No question, is he inciting violence towards Muslims, not even only Ilhan Omar, but Muslim Americans in this country? Do you think that many people use the word incitement? 
hey, he's trying to stir up some violence. He's starting. He's trying to cause people to attack to attack Muslims or Elon Omar. He's trying to, you know, there's no way this wasn't coordinated because the word incitement, you know, another another word is uh, besmirched. You no, know, Obama used the word besmirched in a in a uh, in a uh, uh, a speech several years back, and I never even heard the word. I said, "Is that even a word?" I had to I had to look it up in a in the dictionary. Is besmirched really a word? Next thing you know, everybody's using it. So I don't know. Anyway, so that that's what's going on. Let's end this topic on a lighter note. As you may have heard, AOC Alexandria Ocasio Cortez finally adopted the long-standing Democrat tradition of putting on a fake black accent to pander to black audience. Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden must be so proud. And all the liberals in the media from CNN to the Chicago Tribune have her back. Here's the headline in the Atlantic. This isn't verbal blackface. It's code switching. And now you're hearing liberals use the term code switching as if it was something we've all been saying for years. Listen for yourself to AOC's speech at an Al Sharpton event. And remember, you know what her voice sounds like. Now she's talking to at an Al Sharpton event. See if she sounds different. This is what organizing looks like. This is what building power looks like. This is what changing the country looks like. It's when we choose to show up and occupy the room and talk about the things that matter most, talking about our future. You know, Reverend, you bring up a, a funny anecdote and I'm proud to be a bartender. Ain't nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with working retail, folding clothes for other people to buy. There is nothing wrong with preparing the food that your neighbors will eat. There is nothing wrong with driving the buses that take your family to work. Yeah, and and I like what this YouTuber had to say. He calls himself Magnificent. And he's part of the Blexit movement, black, the black exit from the Democrat Party, a byproduct of Brandon Strzok's uh, walk away movement. I really thought, I swear, I thought that they could not go any lower than they've gone. But then they got a shovel and started digging. This is what building power looks like. This is what changing the country looks like. Translation. I'm talking to a bunch of black people. So let me put some twang in my voice so that they'll understand the words coming out of my mouth. The truth is right there in plain sight. They think that they have to talk special to black people. They think black people are stupid. But this isn't the first time that they've done it. I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road That's not the cringiest display of pandering. I don't know what is. Yeah, there's another little piece on his uh, YouTube thing with uh, with uh, Joe Biden saying saying, uh, "Hey, you know, uh, they're gonna put you all back in chains. No, they're gonna unchain. They're gonna unchain Wall Street, but they're gonna put you all back in chains." He's talking to a big black group. You know, it's 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 amazing, and it's and you go back to uh, you go back to Candace Owens' uh, speech that I played last week about you know, hey. You think you think that black people are too stupid to do, to uh, to uh, to play the whole thing and listen to the whole listen to the whole uh, video? It's this is how the Democrats work. It's if you don't see if you don't see the uh, if you don't see the 
the uh, hypocrisy, the uh, insincerity, what's going on. Folks, I can't tell you enough how important it is for us to be talking about this stuff and talk to the young people that look up to us or maybe don't look up to us because they think they're smarter than we are. We need to point this stuff out because either we need to get people to, uh, we need to eliminate people from being able to vote if they're not smart enough to understand what they're voting for, or we need to make sure they understand what they're voting for. Hey, I'm all out of time for part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and I'll be back with part two. More good stuff. Don't go away. just waiting for him to say gone 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 because that's where people are thinking they're gonna go from california we're gonna be gone 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 if somebody doesn't pull their brains from the various regions of their body where it's not supposed to be located so uh we talked about we talked about everything we talked about stuff that's going on in the uh in the democratic party let's talk about what's going on in this state Let's talk about it. You know, the past few days, the president has addressed the idea of placing illegal immigrants in sanctuary cities around the country. And uh, and whether it's 103,000 people that were apprehended at the border in the month of March or 855,000 people who make up the immigration class backlog, uh, if we can find them, or 53,000 of them who are supposedly parents of the children they're bringing over, Here's Trump's announcement. We could fix that in so fast if the Democrats would agree. But if they don't agree, we might as well do what they always say they want. We'll bring them to sanctuary city areas and uh, let that particular area take care of it, whether it's a state or whatever it might be. California certainly is always saying, oh, we want more people and they want more people in their sanctuary cities. Well, we'll give them more people. We can give them a lot. We can give them an unlimited supply. And let's see if they're so happy. And you know, and surprisingly, you have everybody saying what a what a criminal that Trump is for suggesting that. What does Nancy Pelosi think? She doesn't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it, but again, it's just another uh, notion uh, that is unworthy of the presidency of the United States and disrespectful of the challenges that we face uh, as a country, as a people, to address who we are, a nation of immigrants. And you know what, if, if these people, if these people are so so good, you know, I I put out a uh, I put out a uh, a post on Facebook or Twitter. I think it was Facebook on this one, and I said, "Hey, you know what? Has anybody know if if Marino Valley opted out of the state sanctuary state law? Because you know, uh, Governor Brown, I don't know, it was a couple years ago, said, "Hey, California, we're going to declare California a sanctuary state. Everybody's everybody's welcome here." And there was a bunch of states before the last election that opted or a bunch of cities in the California that opted out and say, Hey, we voted to opt out 
of the sanctuary state law. And and if uh, and if we have illegal immigrants here, we're instructing our law enforcement people to cooperate with the Immigration and Customs Enforcement to, you know, if, if they're not supposed to be here, we're turning them over. We're turning them over and, uh, and not even saying that, hey, we're going to go bust illegal immigrants, saying, hey, if you, if you get caught committing a crime and you're here illegally, we're going to turn you over to Immigration and Customs Enforcement and so they can deport you. And so just, just the lawbreakers. And my question was, I never heard that Moreno Valley, where I live, um, ever ever opted out. So I'm I was concerned. Hey, is any is anybody concerned about that? Because uh, it it appears that these people are coming over faster than we can stop them, and you know the the Democrats keep fighting for, you know let's let's keep them out. And I got a lot of comments on that. Got a lot of comments on it, and even uh, I responded to a tweet that share uh, that share put out that Trump commented on it that he for the first time in his life share and he, that he agreed with something share said and share basically said hey in in our city Los Angeles we can't even take care of our homeless people we can't take these we can't bring these people in and uh, and and uh, Trump wants to put put more of them here because he said he wants to bring them to sanctuary cities and I say hey Trump didn't didn't uh, isn't putting these people in Los Angeles. Gavin Newsom's bringing them into our state. All Trump wants to do is put them in the places where they're apparently wanted because these people declared their cities sanctuary states, sanctuary cities. And uh, apparently I've probably had more reaction to that tweet than one I've had in probably a year that people uh, liked that and retweeted it. So that was, that was a record for me um, because it's, it's hot on people's minds right now. It's hot on people's minds. Um, somebody, somebody commented about, "Hey, you know what? You just don't understand. You're watching to you listen to Trump's lies, and you're watching the Trump Network, Fox. You don't, you don't pay attention to what people say." And I said, "Okay, well, hey, I see what I see what's going on, and I and I listen and I consider. Uh, maybe you should enlighten me." And he said, "Well, you need to listen to the 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 mayor's the mayor's statement." And I was talking about San Francisco and Oakland uh, specifically. I say, hey, I saw what she did. I saw how she warned all the illegal immigration that ICE was about to make a raid, so they could be watching out. They should, they could be prepared to not be wherever, wherever the ICE would raid them and and uh, do a big deportation on them. And so I don't, I don't need, I don't need to hear what she says. I see what she did. But I went back and played her statements, and she said, hey, you know what? She, I can't believe that Trump is using families to as political vengeance. And I said, political vengeance? How's this political vengeance? I don't understand. How's this political vengeance? You're the one that said, hey, we welcome all these all these illegal immigrants. We're a sanctuary city. We're going to protect you from the big, bad federal law enforcement. So it's amazing to me. But, uh, but it's Cory Booker who had truly a baffling reaction to this. Remember, we're supposed to believe illegal immigrants are the backbone of our country, that they make our community safe, and we're the evil people if we're afraid of them. I say he's trying to pit Americans against each other and make us less safe because what you're seeing now... So you take the threat seriously? I, I, I take this. He is injecting fear into our country. And so if he was looking to solve a problem, he wouldn't be doing things to divide this country against itself. I don't see where he's dividing the country. He's trying to protect the country. 
He's trying to protect the country. And quite frankly, I'm with him 100%. Meanwhile, one more Democrat you've never heard of is running for president, Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington. He and the mayor of Seattle have said, said their arms are open and they just can't wait to take migrants into, the, into their sanctuary city. But unlike Democrats, Inslee doesn't say the migrants are running from poverty or crime. No, the reason these people are, are coming here is global warming. So this is simply not going to work for him because we are happy to take refugees. I'm proud of Mayor Durkin for what she has said. But it's also uh, simply based on a, a matter of these are humans. These are people. Somehow, so tell me what you would do right now. Look, look, forget if you're elected president, there might be a Republican Senate, and uh-huh. Democratic House. So a quick legislative fix is not there. Tell me what you do right now. Well, number one, I would attack climate change because a lot of these people who are coming north are climate refugees. Climate refugees. You would think you would think people in Louisiana would be would be flooding to California because the climate in Louisiana is really gnarly. I mean, it's it's just sticky and wet and humid. It's hot and it's humid and it's it's just uncomfortable. Or how about uh, Alaska? It's so cold up there. They want to come to California. They're climate refugees. Or how about uh, I don't know the Middle East? They want to come here. They, you know the people in the Middle East want to come here, but they want to come here to to attack us. But you know, climate refugees. Let's attack global warming. That'll fix it. And then then you have Gavin Newsom who says, "Hey, people are fleeing these countries out of desperation, trying to escape violence and corruption. Closing down our border and ending foreign aid won't solve anything. Yes, it will." It'll keep them out. I'll be traveling to El Salvador to meet next week to meet to hear directly from folks about how California can help. So now uh, Gavin Newsom's down in uh, in uh, El Salvador, like he's some world leader. Well, what are we gonna do down there? People, are, people are. It's gang infested, hotbed of of crime and and just yuck. Or what? Uh, what? Uh, uh, Trump would say. Hey, it's a it's a. Uh, it's a SH. It's a something hole. It's an S hole down there. Hey, it is, apparently it is, but they can't control their own their own violence and and people want to come here to get away from it. That's not our problem. With that in mind, let's talk about let's talk about local here. As most of you know, I'm a I'm a proud resident of Riverside County, and I'm proud of our guest this week, the 14th Sheriff of Riverside County, with broad support from the county's police unions. Chad Bianco, unseated 11-year incumbent Stan Sniff in November after a tough campaign, and unlike his predecessor, he's strongly opposed to California Sanctuary State. Sheriff Chad Bianco, welcome to the main event. Thanks, Ed. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. So, uh, so we've talked, we've talked before, but never, on, never on the air. And uh, so, so let me let me ask you some some easy questions to introduce you to our audience, uh, or introduce our audience to you who haven't had a chance to to meet you yet. So, since Jerry Brown declared California sanctuary state, many cities have made declarations that they will opt out. Do you know how many cities in Riverside counties have opted out? Yeah, I don't know the exact number. There's only a couple. Um, you know, that's a that's a, a ceremonious type of a deal. It really holds no value. There's no teeth to it. So it, it's it's them taking a stand, which is good, and and leaving it open for them to join the, a federal lawsuit. But the the cities themselves, it, it really doesn't affect them. Well, as a as a uh, as a resident of Moreno Valley, I get concerned when I see articles where uh, our uh, 
our mayor is is responding to someone who says, I hope we do be a sanctuary city because it's such the right thing to do. So, uh, but what what does opting out mean in your mind? How, you know, how are the officers being instructed to deal with illegal immigrants today? Well, we're, we're specifically instructed based on the law and the, the sanctuary state law. And then, yeah, I got to get this out there uh, just because of how you're describing what the, with the mayor. Everyone, if you use the word sanctuary. Who is not going to be for sanctuary? I mean, that sounds, if you say I'm not, I'm, I don't want sanctuary, I mean, there's something wrong with you. But that's how they get these things passed. That's how they pull the wool over the eyes of, of the voters and of, and of the constituents because they call it something nice and pretty that you should be for, when in reality, does anyone really want a safe haven for criminals? Because that's what this bill was. It has absolutely nothing to do with immigration. It is a safe haven for criminals. That's what they did. Exactly. Exactly. So how are, how are, the, how are, how are the officers of Riverside County being instructed to deal with illegal immigrants? Well, we, um, like we always have, we, we typically, we're a local law enforcement agency, so we don't engage in illegal immigration, or we don't engage in immigration enforcement. That's the job of, of the federal government. So typically where this law affects us is it's all about criminals. It's all about the people inside the jails. So we cannot notify any federal agency that we have an inmate in our jail that uh, does not belong in this country. And normally in the past, we would tell them we have them, they would come pick them up. So this law prevents us from communicating with the agencies, telling them that we have someone that they should pick up and deport. And these are all criminals. These are not uh, grandma that, that illegally came into the country. These are criminals preying on our residents. And that is what that is the only people that this law protects. So you've said that you plan to work with the federal law enforcement partners to ensure that undocumented criminal offenders are not released into our communities while working with our state's politicians to fix this broken law. How's that going? Well, it, it's going fine. And there's there are really I, I don't want to call them loopholes. There are just there are certain things that we can do that we normally did anyway that, that allows uh, ICE officers uh, to be able to identify people that should be deported. Um, we're not violating the law. We're not trying to get around it. Uh, we're working within the confines of the law to make sure that ICE is fully aware of who's in our custody and who's being released. So, I mean, you, you as, a, as a law enforcement officer, I'm here to uphold the law. So we've got a state law that is telling me that I can or can't do something that is in direct contradiction to federal law and you know it's a it's a fine line so i have a moral obligation to the residents in this county to keep them safe and part of keeping them safe is a tool using every tool imaginable at my disposal to keep criminals out of their neighborhoods and if that criminal happens to be a convicted felon or he's in our custody and he served his sentence then that person has already shown a complete lack of regard for this country and for the for residents they're not here to better themselves they're here to commit crimes and they should be deported so moving forward we'll do everything we can within the confines of the law so we don't break the law we don't need a a state you know consent decree or anything like that but we'll do everything we can in riverside county 
to make sure that the people that should be deported are deported. And those are the criminals that are in our custody. Okay. So, but I'm assuming that uh, you're finding you're finding ways around, around. Not you're finding ways to to do what you're not supposed to do without doing something you're not supposed to do. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Gavin Newsom's probably listening to the show because he likes the show because I always talk so complimentary of his of his ethics. Um, he he likes me for some reason. Eh, I think he's sweet on me. So anyway, uh, so there. So let's talk about something that actually happened here in January. There's a murder in Cathedral City in January, in the parking lot of Big Five, uh, Sporting Goods. The shooter Roberto Tapia turned out to be an illegal alien with a rap sheet a mile long, booked for possession of a dis- of a destructive device. You know what that is? A bomb. Well, I know what it is. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the object was, but that's what that would describe. Yes, something that's... along those lines, some type of an explosive. Okay, then. So there, there's a there's a pillar of strength in the community. He's here illegally, and he gets arrested for possession of a destructive device, resisting arrest with force in 2012, uh, driving under the influence in 2014, spousal battery in 2016, domestic violence and false imprisonment in 2016, and then he kills a woman in at Big Five. Uh, in January, in front of, in front of a cop, and uh, who, as the story that I read and the the video that I saw, looks like he emptied his uh, emptied his gun through the windshield into the guy, and while he's trying he's trying to get his gun unjammed so he could shoot the cop. That's correct. If you had been if you had been sheriff in 2009, where would this guy be? Well, that that release, he would have been deported. Uh, I mean, even it, every one of those up until 2016, you know, before the law even went into effect, uh, he should have been turned over to ICE. And I mean, we should have it's a domestic violence, two different domestic violence cases. And I, I might add, I believe that it's it's with the same person that he ended up killing. Uh, it, it's a it's a very unfortunate situation. And that person, you know, those four or five convictions and never deported he he was not here to make a better life for himself he was here to commit crimes he was he was not a productive member of society and he should have been deported so with that in, with that in mind and everything else that you know that we don't i know you how, how long have you been with the sheriff's department 25 years i know you've been i know you've been the sheriff for about three months so um, but before that, before that, you 25 years with the, uh, with the sheriff's department, I can just imagine how law enforcement people feel if you know that, Hey, we're going to arrest this guy and he's just out in, out in half hour doing the same thing again. That would be frustrating to me. What's your opinion of the national emergency at the Southern border? Do we really have one? Uh, you know, I, if you, I mean, you you have to assume that the numbers are correct, that the that the government's giving us of the people coming across the border, and you know, honestly, I we do. I mean, it's uh, we have a an unprotected border that is just being uh, ravaged by you know drug smugglers, gun smugglers, uh, human smugglers, and you know that we you obviously have to take a you got to take a stand and you've got to protect, you've got to protect our border. Uh, I, I can't imagine, I, I've never heard any argument that, um, 
to the contrary, that where someone says we shouldn't protect our border. I mean, we protect our yards with fences and gates and alarms, but not our country. I mean, it sounds seems a little odd. And and I'm assuming that you know a lot of stuff that goes on that we're not privy to. And I don't expect you to tell uh, us everything. A little bit. Uh, but I would, there's there's obviously there's obviously briefings that we get that um, that aren't for general consumption. And is it and is it make you feel more uh, more um, emotionally charged up about this the situation or you don't you don't you haven't because we don't we Riverside County doesn't actually touch the the southern border it touches the border with with uh, Arizona, but it doesn't touch the border with Mexico. Right. In San Diego, this, in San Diego to the south. It's, uh, you know, our, our border patrol, our ICE agents are, are doing a great job. Now, could they use help? Absolutely. Could they use more help? Absolutely. But they are doing a great job. Uh, I will tell you that this, you know, one of the arguments that's never, uh, you'll never find it in the press because it, they certainly don't want this going out into the public. Um, after the the passing of the sanctuary state law, uh, immigration and border patrol, their activities out in our neighborhoods substantially increased because they're going after these people that we release anyway, but now they have to go into the communities and find them. So when they find them, they're going to deport them. But the problem for these the illegal immigrant communities is now with border patrol in your neighborhoods, when they find that person, if the three people around them are also here illegally, they're all going to get deported also. So the, the state law actually had some unintended con- consequences that the, that the liberals probably didn't think of. Uh, but there's quite a bit more presence of border patrol and ice in our neighborhoods that normally wouldn't be there. So, so I, I think they're doing a pretty good job. Okay, so so kudos to our border patrol. Does the wall need to go up there to help them? Uh, probably so. And walls work. Uh, if they're if they're placed properly and designed properly, yes, they would. All right. So uh, and you know, just along that argument, it's just such an emotionally charged topic that you really don't ever discuss facts. I mean, you're discussing all emotions. We, you know, the, the, the other side of this argument is that we're just, um, we're heartless people and we, um, we should be helping all of them. And, and you know, I, I don't, you, you can't disagree with them, but you can't agree with them also. Uh, you know, we, we've got to be protecting our borders and there's, a, there's still a legitimate legal way of getting into this country and you just have to abide those by those rules. Well, the thing the thing that I think about is every time I fly, they go through the safety things and they say, hey, if we lose cabin pressure, the, the mask will fall. And it says if you're traveling with a child, put your mask on first before you help your kid. And that tells me there's a there's a there's a uh, there's something. Hey, make sure you're taken care of first or you can't help anybody else if you can't if you're not taking care of yourself. And if we're not taking care of our own, how do we take care of everybody else? Well, that's that's exactly right. You know, we have a we have a huge. You know, you want to talk about law enforcement and issues with law enforcement. Uh, we have a 
in Southern California, and I know it's probably more places than just here, but because of our weather, it's emphasized, we have a, a serious homeless problem. And we're not addressing that, but we're taking care of other people that don't necessarily belong here, and we're welcoming them and giving them money. And, you know, the whole argument that they don't get government assistance, that is not a true statement. And, you know, we we should maybe take care of our own country before we start trying to take care of others. I would agree 100%. Hey, uh, we're almost out of time, but uh, one comment on uh, Gavin Newsom traveled to Central, Central America this week and uh, tweeted that he's going to help, uh, help them so- solve their problems so they won't want to come here. Your thoughts on our governor this week? Well, maybe just worry about California. And I wonder if he went to Cathedral City and talked to that family. Yeah, so do I. So do I. Hey, we're out of, we're out of time. I want to have you back on again, uh, Sheriff, and I uh, hope, uh, hope we'll uh, find a time when uh, we can uh, have you on for a full half hour or maybe a full hour, and we'll discuss all this stuff. Sounds good, Ed. I appreciate it. All right. Okay. Thanks, Sheriff. That's all the time we have for this episode of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. Have a happy Easter weekend, and I will be back again with you next week. The views expressed on this program are of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747. NMLS 9873. And California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona.